Good evening, everyone. It is wonderful to be back with you here again tonight. Hello and welcome. This is a new week, so that means a new theme. And this week's theme is fallible leadership. And the value of the role of the church community in the life of leaders. This week we want to draw attention to, we want to admit, we want to acknowledge and recognize that leadership, leaders, are humans too. That means they have weaknesses, that means uh, they can fall prey to anything uh, that any of us can. Uh, you know, I, I think about what a leader is and what we think of when we think of leaders in our North American context, at least. This is within the church. It's outside of the church. But I'm sure you've noticed, as well as I have, that as position increases, so does the importance of how a leader is perceived. But also as this position increases and people become more and more important, at least they're perceived that way, leaders become less accountable. Leaders become more isolated. Um, leaders can have kind of a self-inflated view of themselves. Um, leaders can be kind kind of can can become kind of untouchable these are all things that lead to nowhere good uh, these are all things that are unhealthy for a leader and unhealthy for the community with with uh in which they lead and so this week we're going to hear lessons that kind of touch on the fallibility of leaders, but as important as that is the value of the role of the church in the life of a leader. We have lessons this week. Tonight, uh, Sister Joyce Allen and myself will be teaching on when leaders grow weary. And we'll hear other lessons on when leaders have a blind spot, when leaders stray, and when leaders don't correct those who are negatively affecting the flock. Each of our lessons this week have a biblical example that we're turning to and uh, the uh, life of a biblical character in which we're drawing lessons from. So tonight, we're turning to the biblical character, the giant the hero in most of our eyes when we think of this one, the life of Moses. And uh, we're going to settle in the book of Exodus in chapter 17. And that will be my portion. And Sister Joyce is going to be drawing lessons from Exodus chapter 18. But as we turn to Exodus 17... 
we're turning to the life of Moses. And as I've already stated, when we think of Moses, we think of this, this biblical giant. I found this great article when I was researching for this lesson tonight. And it listed all of these heroic deeds of the leadership of Moses for the children of Israel. And so we have Moses, the statesman, confronting the Egyptian pharaoh and negotiating the release of God's people. And we have Moses, the shepherd, leading the Israelites through Sinai Desert. Moses, the vessel of God's miracles, so many miracles that we read about God uh, performing through Moses in, in the Old Testament scriptures and the one where he's stretching out his hand to part the Red Sea. And uh, we have Moses, the legislator, descending on Mount Sinai with the two stone tablets containing God's laws in which we get our Ten Commandments. Um, but as we settle in Exodus 17, we see another aspect of Moses' leadership. And it reveals his humanity, uh, where we have... The, just heard these examples of Moses being this superhuman guy, you know, his his DNA must be different. He must be from the comic books. No, Moses was as human as you and I, called by God. God has a role and a purpose for each of us within his work in, in the kingdom of God. And Moses' role was to lead the people of Israel. And at this point in Exodus 17, uh, the Israel, uh, the Israelites have been um, liberated from the bondage of Egypt, and they are wandering in the wilderness. And a few verses before uh, where we're landing in Exodus 17, we're going to start in verse 8 in just a moment here, but a few verses before that, the people of Israel are crying out to Moses and complaining and saying, where is God? What kind of God would would uh, lead us around in circles? And we want to go back to Egypt. Egypt was more comfortable. Bondage was better. I mean, there's that's a whole other another lesson, a whole other uh, sermon there. We're not going there tonight, but that's where we're falling. Moses uh, is leading people. They're tired. They uh, want something else. They're they're uh, dissatisfied. And um, Exodus 17, they in the, wandering in the wilderness, the people have come across their first battle. And it's with the Amalekites. The enemy are the Amalekites. And uh, Moses has uh, other leaders with him. And he has Aaron and Hur, as well as Joshua. And at this point, I'm going to get to Scripture in just a second. Uh, Joshua is in battle. He is leading the Israelite army to battle with the Amalekites. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur have all, uh, scriptures say they are on a hillside watching what Joshua is doing. And um, that's where we find ourselves. So let's turn there. Exodus chapter 17. I'm going to get there too. And verse 8. It's where Israel defeats the Amalekites. It says, While the people of Israel were still at Rephidim, the warriors of Amalek attacked them. Moses commanded Joshua, Choose some men to go out and fight the army of Amalek for us. 
Tomorrow I will stand at the top of the hill, holding the staff of God in my hand. So Joshua did what Moses had commanded and fought the army of Amalek. Meanwhile, Moses, Aaron, and Hur climbed to the top of a nearby hill. As long as Moses held the staff up in his hand, the Israelites had the advantage. But whenever he dropped his hands, the Amalekites gained the advantage. Moses' arms soon became so tired he could no longer hold them up. So Aaron and Hur found a stone for him to sit on. Then they stood on each side of Moses, holding up his hands. So his hands held steady until sunset. And as a result, Joshua overwhelmed the army of Amalek in battle. For my contribution tonight, my focus is on verses uh, 12 through 13. Moses, in his physical hu human body, our bodies break down, our bodies age, our bodies ache, our bodies... Amen, anybody? Okay, not the only one here. But Moses's, Moses, in fulfilling what God has asked him to do, Moses' arms became so tired, it says in verse 12, he could no longer hold them up. And so Aaron and her, Moses had support. He had leaders alongside of him coming to assist him in his time of need, in his time of weariness. If his body was physically weary, I'm sure his mind was, listening to all those people complain all the time. And now he's finding himself growing weary in body as in the very important time where they are in battle and Moses needs his body to cooperate. Uh, but he is physically weary and his supports, his helps that God provided him come alongside him. They give him a stone for him to sit on. And then it says they stood on each side of Moses holding up his hands. And so how does Israel defeat the Amalekites? By this teamwork, by this group of leaders, by Moses's helps, his assistance, his supports. That is how the Israelites won the battle against the Amalekites. Moses could not do it alone. So that's one lesson we draw. Leading alone is oftentimes the task before us. In fact, I would say all the time, the task given to a leader is too large for just them. It's too great. And that's okay because God provides helps and support and assistance to people. But my main point tonight in the example here found with Moses is that Moses as a leader accepted. He was willing to accept the help that God provided for him. And so my contribution tonight is to leaders and for us to understand, uh, for all of us to understand the community around leaders must be aware, yes, leaders cannot do the task before them by themselves. It's too great of a task. It's meant to be too great of a task because God provides uh, support. God provides 
help and assistance to leaders. And the other aspect of that is leaders, you have to be willing to uh, accept the support that God sends. I could say more on that, but I have the help of Joyce tonight. And she's going to bring to us another lesson from the life of Moses in his leadership role out of Exodus chapter 18. So Joyce, we're ready to hear the insights that you have. Thank you, Meg. Just as propping up Moses' arms was clearly an important role to play for Aaron and her, coming together as a body to support our leadership is imperative to the health of the church as a whole. Exodus 18, 13 through 23 says, the next day, Moses took his seat to hear the people's disputes against each other. They waited before him from morning till evening. When Moses' father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people, he asked, what are you really accomplishing here? Why are you trying to do all this alone while everyone stands around you from morning till evening? Moses replied, because the people come to me to get a ruling from God. When a dispute arises, they come to me, and I'm the one who settles the case between the quarreling parties. I inform the people of God's decrees and give them his instructions. This is not good, Moses' father-in-law exclaimed. You're going to wear yourself out, and the people too. This job is too heavy a burden for you to handle all by yourself. Now listen to me, and let me give you a word of advice, and may God be with you. You should continue to be the people's representative before God, bringing their disputes to Him. Teach them God's decrees, and give them His instructions. Show them how to conduct their lives. But select from all the people some capable, honest men who fear God and hate bribes. Appoint them as leaders over groups of 1,000, 100, 50, and 10. They should always be available to solve the people's common disputes. But have them bring the major cases to you. Let the leaders decide the smaller matters themselves. They will help you carry the load, making the task easier for you. If you follow this advice, and if God commands you to do so, then you will be able to endure the pressures and all these people will go home in peace. Now this passage shows that if a leader has no help, progress is likely to grind to a halt. The Israelites seem to be standing around idle waiting for Moses to deliberate. Leader or no leader, Moses was still only one person. And then came Jethro, who played a pivotal role. He stepped in with words of wisdom. His solution freed Moses of the burden he was carrying by offering plans that brought structure and support to everybody. Jethro's advice also opened the door for new leaders to arise and brought peace to the community. I've read the passage of Israel defeating the Amalekites in Exodus 17:23 many times. Each time I wondered why God chose to allow the battle to be affected by Moses raising or lowering his staff. If God can form the entire universe just by speaking words, 
he could have surely handed the battle over to the Israelites with no effort on their end. But as I reread the passage, it became clear to me that God allows us to play important roles in his work to teach us various things. In this particular situation, perhaps God was teaching Moses that leaders need support too. After all, if our leaders are weary, if they're distracted, it affects us all. Just as his arms became too heavy to hold up continuously, so does the weight of leadership without support. Perhaps Aaron and her needed to see how invaluable their supportive roles were. Clearly, they were only going to succeed by working together in unity to hold up the staff. Their success or their failure as a team would affect all of Israel. 1 Corinthians 12, 18 through 26 states, but our bodies have many parts and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen, while the more honorable parts do not require the special care. So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. So we see here that our actions as well as our inactions affect leadership. Our choice to shoulder some of the weight can greatly affect the ultimate outcome. Back to you, Meg. Thank you, Joyce, for your insights tonight on chapter 18 of Exodus. And Moses' example that he received the wise counsel given to him by his father-in-law at a very crucial point in his leadership. And your points bring a good balance to what I shared earlier because it focuses on the value of the community of believers. You drew our attention to the passage out of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And that passage talks about each member of the body of Christ having a purpose and a role God-given purpose and role in service to the kingdom of God. That means not a one of us can say, my contribution doesn't matter, or there's nothing that I could give. No, each of us have something. God is calling each and every one of us to fulfill a role in his kingdom. And so as we close tonight, I'd like to ask everyone to pray two things this week. First, please pray for the leaders of our assemblies. 
pray for the leaders of Newark UPC. And also, if you would pray for one another, scriptures tell us those of us who are filled by his spirit, it makes us brothers and sisters in Christ. And so we want to pray for one another, whether your leadership, whether you serve in another capacity in the body of Christ. No one is more important than another. No role is more important than another. What's that song? Wait, um, I need you, you need me. We're all a part of God's body. It's so simple, but it's so true. So this week, let's pray for one another and ask that God uh, reveal to us our role and purpose in the service to his kingdom. And if each of us are intently listening and truly seeking, God has a place for each of us to serve in his kingdom. I also pray that we have the courage to respond to whatever God lays on your heart. And so if you would just close with me in prayer, let's focus on those two things this week. We need each other. I thank, thank you all for the prayers that you pray for one another, the prayer requests that are shared on our website and through our prayer chain. You know, we might be restricted in COVID, but prayer transcends all boundaries. And so let's pray for one another. And let's seek each of us ourselves where God would have us serve in his kingdom. God, we're so thankful for your wonderful presence, God. We're thankful for your wonderful word that reminds us how we need one another. God, it reminds us how you see each and every one of us as equally important to the work that you have set before us. Not a one of us can fulfill and can achieve the work you have alone. We all need one another. We pray for the assistance and the support, Lord, that you send the leaders of our assemblies, God, the leaders of Newark UPC. God, we pray for what you lay on each and our, of our hearts this week, Lord, how you will have us serve, where we might find ourselves contributing to the kingdom of God. Lord, speak to us. God, I pray our hearts are open to hearing from you and serving. Lord, give us the courage to respond and to do what you would have us do. We're thankful, Lord, that we can call each other brothers and sisters. And above all, Lord, we're thankful that we can call you our Father. We bless your name tonight, God, and I pray you keep each and every one of us safe and healthy. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen.